Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. My name is Andrew. I'm Joan of Hart. And I have something new that I would love to show off. And if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, you don't see my beautiful purple Freya guitar by Meredith Coloma Guitars. Ooh, that's really pretty. I love that color. It's like a lavender, like almost like a pastel lavender color. It's really beautiful. Yeah, it's road worn, has some aged hardware and uh, some very tasteful um, aging on the paint, which I like because I don't get it feel as like um, <laughs> yeah. sad if I get a ding. Uh, it's got two P90s. I forget the exact brand. Um, and it's just, it's really nice, lightweight, small, sounds really good. Rick uh, keeps complimenting how it mm-hmm. sounds because I, I can't stop playing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can, under, yeah. I can understand because I saw some videos on it like after you post about it. And uh, when they were kind of like demo playing all three of the ones that they had, I think that one sounded the best one. Yeah, I, I didn't even commission this. Uh, she just posted pictures of this purple and I was like, mine. I messaged her. I'm like, <laughs> can I buy it? And she was a little bit like, yeah, of course you can buy it. But like, would you rather me make you one specifically with like higher quality, like fretboard or something like, nope, that one's great. How much? (laughs) And they're really not for what they are. I don't think they're expensive. I think that they could probably charge a little more, but don't tell Meredith I said that. (laughs) Don't worry. Uh, Your secret is safe with me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think they have one online for like twelve hundred right now, American or less. Yeah, so check them out, Coloma Guitars up in Vancouver, BC, and um, I've just been playing it nonstop, rehearsing <laughs> for um, a gig I have next uh, this coming Friday. Um, I have a rehearsal tonight. Nice. With our friend Sean Crawford, friend of the show, Sean Crawford. Hey. Yeah, finally getting to play a gig with him. I saw him play last night in uh, Seattle, and he was fantastic, of as course. expected. Yeah, nice. Just oh, guy, he's so good at guitar. He's playing um, bass in this band, and I'm really nervous to play guitar in front of him. Oh, <laughs> you'll do fine. You'll do great. I'm I'll sure do- you'll do great, but I also don't blame you because Sean is uh, on another level. Uh, A monster, yeah. <laughs> he's effortless. Very good. Effortless is the word that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was doing a bunch of really cool stuff last night with a looper pedal and soloing over it. And it was just really good. <laughs> really good. Really just nice to see him, too. Nice. Mm. Uh, we'll go to Joe next. Hey, Joe, what's uh, new with you? Um, I have a few things that are going on with me. Uh, one of them is I talked about it uh, last night. Um, I had a friend, uh, an internet friend, go and check out a kind of studio that they were selling a bunch of pedals. And uh, thank you, oh. Jordan. thank you, Jordan, because he sourced a vintage DM2 for me, uh, Boss DM2. And uh, yeah, it was quite the rabbit hole we were going down as we were looking at all the online information, trying to source like which one it was what chip it was. Either way, I was just happy to have another DM2 because the one that I have, which is the Wazacraft one, which was one Mm -hmm. of my first pedals I ever got um, besides the uh, Earthquaker Devices uh, Ghost 
Echo. Um, I'm a little mm. sentimental about it, but it stopped working in custom mode because in the DM2W was a, they have the standard and they have the custom and I love the custom. So it was always in custom mode. Mm. And then at one point it stopped working and the bench to send it to boss is extremely, you might as well buy a new pedal. I don't want to chuck in a landfill. I just, I'd like to find someone to fix it, but I've already asked like a mm. few people. And mm. also uh, I think I asked Alchemy Audio and they were like, no, we're not, you know, we can't. So I'm hoping to find someone to fix it one day. But just in the meantime, just having another DM2 would be great because I love to use that delay, warm delay with like either leads or a melodic kind of uh, playing. So I'm excited. Shipping it out yeah. Monday. I'm excited. So that's one of the things. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, thanks for looking out. <laughs> nice. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. One of the other things is I'm towards the end of the Maw, so I'm excited about that. I All I have to do is wow. just film the house band singer singing, you know, because it's, you know, for all the, all the house band to be me, of course, it's pre-recorded. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so um, just have to record the singer in their getup, edit it all together. I was doing the audio yesterday, which was pulling my hair out. Um, but yeah, after that's done, I do the upload, I do the timestamps, review it, you know, um, send it to Seth and Old Blood Noise Endeavors, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, they love it. And uh, then I choose a date uh, to upload it and I'll have some sort of, you know, hey, watch the chat live with me, which is always fun because that's how yeah. I get to see people uh, react in real time. Anything after the live the chat. The premieres. Yeah, the premieres yeah. are really what I love <laughs> because then I get to see everybody react in real time to things going on. When I get afterwards, it's, it's comments, which, hey, I love, but it's really great to see people react to things as they happen with the animation. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. We're, we're almost there though. Like we're like right, right there, I swear. <laughs> so that's, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I'm so excited to finally see it because I've only seen some progress clips so far, but it's yeah. going to be uh, incredible. Oh, it, it's it's going to be most, fun. Um, involved yes. one to date, it seems like. Yeah. yeah. Each one I get, um, I'm one of these people that are very, ambitious. So which each demo I'm trying to up the ante, I'm trying to improve sound quality all out of pocket, like basically trying to find ways to uh, make them better. Um, and what I didn't do last demo, okay, I'm going to do for the next one. Like I really do yeah. focus on quality control. And at some point, hey, if I get a different space, um, I can have a DSL camera or a mirrorless in front of me, but I'm still having this uh, Logitech Brio yeah. 4K, which the only thing that a annoys me about it is like when I move too fast, there's a little bit of a, what do you call it? A motion blur, which annoys me, but yep. it is yeah, what it is. It, doesn't, it, is. Have, yeah. it, it doesn't have 60 uh, frames per second. It does. But for some reason, because I guess it's a cam, it's the motion blur is still very much a part of it. So yeah. Mm. So I'll have to at some point figure out because my space is literally like two steps and I'm out. If I was to have a camera with a lens, forget it. Like I would lose the whole room. <laughs> You know, what I use, and, and I'm the same way, like Rick got yeah. me a 4K camera and we have to position it so far from the desk mm -hmm. that frankly, I barely use it. Like in the studio, I use it more to go. I use um, my iPhone and an app called Camo Reincubate by Reincubate. Mm -hmm. So I'm just using my phone. I think there are a few other options like that, but that's just what I use um, for, for most of my demos even. And it's what I'm using right now. Yeah, I'm going to look at maybe into the options if it really starts to 
annoy me at some point. But I think for now, what I'm getting, it's better than I did originally when I started the channel because it was just the Facebook, I mean, not the uh, camera and the iMac that I was using. So this is definitely still a step up from that. So again, uh, you know, the best thing is when you do things is just to start. Like over time, you'll get better at it. But the mm -hmm. most important thing to do whenever you start an artistic or creative endeavor, just keep doing it. I mean, sure, it'll mm -hmm. be wherever it is where it starts. It may not be the best. But over time, as long as you keep doing, it's only going to get better. So please do the thing. Art. Create. Yeah, that's, that's what Huzzah. that's what I told Dinesh uh, from Gibson in my Gibson TV interview at mm -hmm. GearFest. He's like, well, how, what do you, what advice do you have to people who want to start a channel? Just do it. Do it. Yeah. Learn. You're going to learn a lot. You can't learn. You, you can't, you can't emerge oh. from Zeus's head fully formed like no. Athena. Mm -mm. Like, that's just not most people. Most people have to try, maybe fail a little, maybe cringe a little bit when they look back at their old stuff, but you have to try. Yeah. Well, no. you know, there's the whole, like, it's the journey, not the destination, which, <laughs> like, that's very... It's very live, laugh, love, but also true enough. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No. no uh, I, I, I couldn't bring myself to say that other phrase. It's too... <laughs> Yeah, um, that's that's the thing. I mean, uh, people uploading YouTube videos that whenever you troubleshoot, I mean, there, there's the kindness of strangers have a problem. Hey, I can't do this. You'll have someone that's uh, there's helpers out there. I mean, and I'm grateful for them anytime yeah. I've needed them. We've never existed in a time where it's easier to just do literally mm. anything you want mm. with with very little background because it's um, it's just a wealth of information online. You can't figure out how to do this or that. Fucking easy. Yeah. You know, want to learn guitar? There's more tools than ever. Yeah. Like uh, my background is, you know, in graphics, you know, over like decade using Adobe programs. But the only thing I didn't know how to do was how to animate. You know, if I was to do stuff in Illustrator, how do mm -hmm. I animate? And that's when I took the initiative of like, okay, well, now's about time in my life I want to do something or I learn something new as far as a skill set and do something I always wanted to do and wasn't able to do when I went away to college. They didn't have the program. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. You know, uh, no regrets. Let me, uh, let, no me yeah, let me, uh, let me learn animation and combine it with uh, some of my passions in order to facilitate something that I'm going to enjoy learning and in the process yeah. make something that's going to make me happy and feel like I'm creatively fulfilled. We're yeah, using totally. After Effects or do you mind um, me asking? I, I'm using um, Adobe uh, Character Animator. So that's that's basically okay. what I'm using now. I'd like to learn animate at some point. I don't use After Effects as much. Like I've used it in mu like music videos that I've done for my music project, and I always find yeah. it's so frustrating to use because the layout is so different than let's say Premiere or like some of the other programs uh -huh. that I can't control some of the same parameters the same way I can in the other programs. So I'm always mm -hmm. like frustrated by the fact like why won't you let me do what I want you to do the way I usually do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If it's not familiar, it's like starting at ground zero. That's exactly what it is. Like I can get yeah. around if needed in After Effects, uh, but I tend to not get as involved in it. <laughs> but I will eventually, yeah. I'm sure. Fair enough. For sure. All right. I think it's Andrew's turn. Yeah. Um, well, so what's new with me is uh, life is happening. Um, I think I've been finding myself busier and busier and busier and starting to come to the realization that 
I, I, there's only so much time in a 24 hour period. So, um, you know, there's been a whole bit, of, a whole lot of life changes for our family recently. And I think it's, uh, I think it's a decent time for me to take a, a small step back and, uh, hiatus, not a, not a disappear, but, uh, no, please don't. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, Good. I'll be here, but I, I think I need to, uh, for me, for my family, um, take a, uh, just Aww, to, don't to step back. <laughs> so, um, I'll be in and out. Uh, but yeah, I was looking at the calendar and realizing like, Oh goodness, I've got so many amazing things on the calendar, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. my, my kids at a really good age and yeah, I mean, they're in the next room. I think Netflix or Lego or something and mm-hmm. Sunday morning cartoon sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally get it. And we're going to miss having you on a regular basis. Um, I'm really glad that uh, I, I'm really thankful for everything that you've done so far and uh, looking forward to what we can do together in uh, the future. Because um, this is not it's not goodbye. We yeah. both still live in Seattle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we're both still friends. And um, I understand you're still going to be part of the discord. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for those for those of you out there, we do have a Discord that's attached to our Patreon. So um, Andrew's still going to be there. And I'm really excited for uh, Joe to, to step up and become, you know, a completely regular presence in uh, the podcast. No. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I go ahead. Yeah, I I really again going I guess also what Emily said. I really appreciate you know obviously it's not it's not goodbye you know whatever you have time you'll be here. Um, but again, like when listening to this podcast originally, you know pre pandemic, um, listening to the both of you is really one of the reasons why um, I started going as full tilt towards music and creating and doing all these things that I'm doing now. So honestly, I mean, um, not to get over emotional, but, um, the, that you guys started the podcast is the, one of the main reasons that I'll always say this easily. It's one of the main reasons why I'm doing all of the things that I'm doing now. So I'll always be forever grateful to you both. Um, again, like this podcast, not only are we talking about gear, but we're talking about life or people, um, encouraging each other to grow and do the things that we need to do in order to, you know, obviously live our lives the way that we should. Um, I can't express the amount of, you know, um, joy that I would have listening to some of these podcasts and the funny moments. Sometimes that people would talk, you know, the one of you would talk or say something, or you would have one of your jokes that you would say, Andrew, and I'd be on the other end. And I was like, Oh no, don't predict the world ending. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I'd go in my walks and I'd be talking to the podcast, even though like I'm out, like on my walks, listening to the podcast, the chemistry with you both and just everything that you've created together to this point. Um, I think has really kind of made a good ripple um, in the community in many ways. And I'm very grateful for the time that you guys have put towards this endeavor. So again, thank you both. And I really appreciate um, a lot of what you guys have done. Thank you. Thank you. I, 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 I really appreciate that. I, uh, and I, I feel likewise, I mean, to, to Emily, to the, to all of our guests, I mean, the amount that, 
I've been able to grow in this space <laughs> and uh, has been huge because we're all, I mean, it's almost, almost made it to the four year mark. Um, yeah. This would be episode is in the close to 200. Um, yeah. So I've grown so much. I, 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 and I've got so much thanks for you, for all of our guests, for Joe, um, for our whole community um, uh, on Patreon. Yeah, they're uh, great. And our Discord. Uh, yeah, I've honestly, the Discord, like anybody listening, uh, the Discord, what it was before, even the Discord, I have met so many people there that have kind of become my friends to the point, long distance friends, that. I have navigated some difficult times in my life because of these people that I've connected through in the discord and everything. Like they are essentially like my pocket pals. <laughs> you know, I take them with me wherever I yeah. go with my phone. <laughs> so um, if you do join the discord, you really are meeting some wonderful people. Um, again, like it's just so many good things I could say. It's a lot of entertainment for $5 a month. <laughs> yeah, <right>? it is. <laughs> Awesome. Um, yeah, I think maybe we could move to happier. Yes. Yeah. Not that this isn't happy, but we can change the subject. Maybe. Yeah, no, change, no, no change is, change is always uh, Yeah. No, I'll leave that for my therapy session. Can I show you all a cool-ass site that um, my friend Jordan uh, turned me on to? Let's see if this works. So we're using a new tool this week to uh, podcast. And um, I was uh, – when I, I'm learning a bunch of songs for a gig, and normally I just kind of write them out. And I was like, is there just a way to have it kind of like faster, cleaner? Because sometimes I look at my own handwriting. I'm like, this the fuck? <laughs> Um, so let's see if the share thing works. I say works. that word a lot. Yes. <laughs> share. All right. So there's a shit ton of ads on mm. this uh, here. Oh, boy. But, Sunglasses. Yeah, I know. I know. Lots of Ray-Ban ads. Ray-Bans but for there's 1999. Like a top, there's like a – well, now, now you're scrolling. Here, right this way. There we go. Aviators. Um, so there's the stave down here – Staff, save, I don't know. And then you just click up around here to oh, add nice. things to your uh, nonsense. It's just basically, basically entering temperature. To, That's really wonderful. Yeah, it's really cool. You can do chords as oh, well. Yeah, I see. Nice. Yeah. I am kind of obsessed with it at this point you can have rest you can have just ibid stuff you can add lines you can delete oh, and delete uh, is important. this has been just such a yeah, <laughs> yeah. it really is uh, if, if you log in you can save stuff so i can just have like little parts of different songs and uh it's really been a huge wow. help to um, what I've been doing, awesome. which is kind of in tandem with this other website called Chord Sheet um, <clears throat> that I use. And I use this to make uh, 
chord sheets. Um, so I have this one up right now too. Just this song that I've been working on, um, learning mm-hmm. for for my gig next Friday at Bad Jimmy's, and it's really it takes it's not perfect. Yeah, it has its own language. You have to learn it, but it it spits things out really nicely. So I'm I've just been you know absolutely loving how technology has made it easier. Free tech has made it easier for me to work on work on stuff. So I wanted to shout that out because I've just been buried in it. Totally. Week. Uh, I would also like to point out that the font on that chord sheet, that font choice. I don't think I, I, I have seen that before. And the only place I've, like I'm getting like flashbacks is when I was handed up when I was in middle school, I was joining the middle school youth band uh, at church. Wow. I was handed a binder with chord sheets as a drummer. Is that fun? I, I was a drummer. I was handed a binder of chord sheets so I could keep up, like figure out where we are in songs. And it's that fun. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I don't know what it's called. I just I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, exactly. I have no fucking like idea what this font is called. It came out of the ether. It's it's definitely not Comic Sans. <laughs> no, and it's not Papyrus. No. And that it's like the two most used in like small town churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's vaguely I, I I'm looking I look up chords font and someone says it's MS Corey or new and that doesn't seem right but I've seen that font in like fake books my whole life yeah. and you obviously can, chord you geez. can probably find uh was it what the font there are several sites that if you have a screen <laughs> screen grab of whatever the font that you're uh-huh. looking at you can upload it and it will decode based off of the photo screen grab that you have what font it is it's pretty decent at doing, right, it. doing it. Yeah, it's not always exact, but it's decent at doing it. That's usually a lot of the times that I have yeah. to look up if a client sends me something match this font. That's a lot of the times what I do. Yeah, I've absolutely had that literal exact mm-hmm. experience. I'm like, okay, what's the closest yeah. like Google free <laughs> font that yep. we can use? That's that's close enough to. To what the client has in their book, because they're not going to send us their font. For yeah, some that's kind of what I had to do with the mall one, which I had to find a font that was relatively close to what's on the mall. I think it was a bitter font, is what it was called. So yeah, I have to find something that's close enough <laughs> to get away with it. Yeah, I'm going to just get screenshot some of this here font. <laughs> investigative drag we, must it know. In. we must find out yes. <laughs> the rabbit hole continues yes okay so it's the b minor seven. Oh my gosh nothing is even oh. close oh clean cut kid regular by comma craft okay. some of these are close yeah. you'll get that's what i said you'll get them close to be good enough <laughs> there's other sites that do it too that yeah. will recommend other ones but what the font is pretty good Someone has something called lead sheet. I'm like, okay, that's exactly what this <laughs> is. The lead sheet font. But I want to know where this original font came from. Yeah, it's just people are just calling it lead sheet, and that's really close. Yeah, they're font. all kind of... It's $30 fucking dollars. Yeah, you probably could find 
at some Pass. point. Yeah, I know. Like a, a family that's close enough that you can probably find like an open type font OTF, which is basically free to like use. Um, it just takes a little bit of time and investigative search. So mm -hmm. it's possible. Yeah. Well, that was a fun little digression, wasn't it? How far does this rabbit go? I just found a website that's selling it, it formatted specifically, looks like, for use with Sibelius and Finale. Hmm. Oh. Which is interesting. I haven't looked at Sibelius since high school. Good gravy. I've, I can't. That just makes – yeah, I don't know anything about that. Uh, just writing uh, charts That's uh, what it's for. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never used that one. Um, there's something that comes with my um, PreSona Sphere subscription, which has like Studio One. Um, it has, there's there's another tool that I haven't used in a long time that is used to make charts. But okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I haven't used it because I have options that are click, click, click. <laughs> yep. Makes a lot of sense. It really does. Um Yes, yeah, so this is a good time to point out that we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash get offset. Uh, for as little as $5 a month, you can join our Discord server and hang out with all of us online. It's not one of those overwhelming yeah. Discord servers. Some are very <laughs> overwhelming. Um, it's a good little community. We also have merch at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop. Um, and, uh, if you, there's anything in the world that you want to buy, please consider using the affiliate links in the description for this episode really is greatly appreciated as well as a, like a comment, a subscribe, a review, whatever, <laughs> whatever you can do, uh, would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I think everyone after this episode should stop what they're doing. They should open an affiliate link and they should buy something that is orange. <laughs> I, I think that would be appropriate. In your honor. <laughs> yep. I saw something orange. Oh, I think I – you don't have Facebook on your phone or anything, but I saw it. Uh, I think I sent it to There's you. There's that orange strat? I think it was like an orange strat. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that uh, a couple days after you tagged me in it. <laughs> Already sold? Uh, it. I, I didn't check the comments to see if it had – It was this listing was up, and the listing hadn't been marked, but uh, – well, That doesn't mean much. Nobody marks their listings yep. anymore. Nobody so does. There's that. Oh, and then someone um, put uh, someone put a one of our uh, patrons put a sparkle orange Benson preamp. I saw that. In mm -hmm. the and uh, it took everything in my power not to uh, impulse by that. I, I was I was surprised how uh, disciplined you were when you saw that. <laughs> I yeah, it, it would have absolutely been retail therapy. So I'm trying not to do that to myself, but. <laughs> yeah, I need to do the anti-retail therapy and sell I've been, some shit. I've been trying to <laughs> sell some stuff recently. So, yeah, I I totally relate yeah. with that. It's been a few months, and I've been meaning to get an Old Blood Noise Endeavors Black Fountain, but other things have popped up instead. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good pedal. I'm excited. It's a good pedal. Um, yeah, you know... We've we've talked on the show a lot um, recently about things like parts shortages. Yep. And there was recently an article that hat tip to Jason Mays from Working Class Music who sent this to me. It's an article on metalsucks.net and the the headline is Fender CEO says gear parts are a hundred times more expensive now. That's clickbaity as shit. 
but, just a little bit. Um, just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, so so yeah, is the website I mean, domain. So metal yeah. sucks. Like, what, what did you yeah. expect? <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, he's not. It's it's literally part of what he said. Yeah. The the first quote of him uh, from Andy Mooney in the article is uh, some companies. Some components that last year cost thirty cents are costing thirty dollars this year, basically. Yep. So that that makes for really difficult uh, uh, yeah. production. Yep. Because then you either have to find an alternative for uh, a component that's ostensibly super fucking important. Yep. Um, the example he gives is Mustang Micro because like you can either start charging more, which people don't like, or just pause. Building them, or eat the um, cost, you can find, them, yeah. which you know you can do. Like Chase Bliss has tried to do that, tried to do that for a while on some of their products. I know. Um, so he talks about Mustang micros. Uh, he's quote: "We're going to be challenged to get component parts at the level we'd like going forward. Uh, trying to pivot to other suppliers, um, so it could." you know, make it a lot harder to get that product. That product itself is only like a hundred and hundred, hundred and thirty bucks. Um right. so to eat the Oof. any costs on that, I have to assume that their overhead on that's already like I, I have to imagine they're not making great margins on that one just because uh it is Fender does a good job, I think, at investing in younger players. Yes. And the Mustang Micro is really designed for younger players. Yep. Not that like I didn't enjoy it as an advanced player because I really, really did. Um, but yeah, when you're trying to kind of almost, uh, what's the word? Big box retailers use a lot, like a loss leader almost. Yep. I'm not saying the Mustang Micro is necessarily a loss leader, but it's. It, it might be. It's of all their products, it might be. I know, so yeah. doing some napkin math here, uh, you know, sixty forty is usually in the ballparks, like somewhere between sixty forty and seventy thirty, is that map upsell from uh, cost to retailers. So if it's, I mean, we'll we'll go hundred dollars because that's a nice round number for us. So we got that so that sixty forty. So sixty dollars cost to a retailer, and then of the sixty dollars, there's the part that Fender profits off of, and then there is the part that uh, there's the part that the the store the retailer the retailer is the the forty dollars on top of that, right? Um, mm-hmm. So out of that sixty, you've got it may be fifty fifty split. You oh, got gotcha. thirty and thirty. So thirty dollars for parts, thirty dollars for profit. If you just went from thirty cents to thirty dollars for one of the parts, you just went to zero profit. Without having, uh, yeah. unless you're raising prices for your, uh, uh, raising the margin yeah. Things, on that. Everything's going which, up. Good luck convincing yeah. retailers to accept that. Yeah, that's going to be hard. Good luck convincing people to buy that, uh, frankly, sometimes. Like, there's there are a lot of products where there's like a point where it's definitely worth it and there's a point where it's not. I, I just did some beta testing uh, for a product and uh, they had you do surveys in these. Um, and I know Joe has also done some like product um, testing mm-hmm. and uh, um, interviews for things. And they always ask you, like, at what point would you not buy this because it's perceived as too cheap? At what point would you not buy this yeah. because it's too expensive? Mm-hmm. And then they ask you, like, what 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 price would this be that you wouldn't even blink at buying it? So there is for every product out there, like um, kind of a, a sweet spot. There are products that 
you know, make a shit ton of money. Think alcohol at a bar. Yep. You know, the shot costs 25 cents and they charge you $10 for it. Yep. Yeah. It's a huge, huge margins on that. And then you have things that have relatively low margins. Um, and you, you just kind of try to – that's part of yeah. capitalism. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Is trying to maximize your profits um, while not screwing Exactly. People. You don't want people to feel like they're getting a bad deal. I mean, going back to the alcohol thing. Because they're not going to buy I went out to dinner a couple nights ago, a double date. Um, we went to a, a nicer restaurant and uh, it was actually uh, Pink Door mm-hmm. here in Seattle. Oh, yeah. I love that place. Uh, first time going. was very excited. But we're, I was looking at the wine list in advance. I'm like, you know, Italian food. I'm going to get some wine. And it's like, oh, the it's like – for a $15 bottle, I'm paying $15 to $20 for a glass. And in the back of my head, I'm like, that seems like an absurd markup. And then I started to think, compare, it's like, well, let's compare it to cocktails. Yeah. And, you know, a, mm-hmm. you know, less than a dollar for a shot of alcohol by the time you break down a handle of well liquor. Yeah. That's yeah. well less. Well less. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that markup difference is way higher, but it doesn't feel like it because, you know, paying per drink, it feels normal. You know, like ten dollars for a yeah. cocktail in the Seattle area feels like a pretty normal cocktail price. Uh, I I will say I, I prefer to go to cocktail bars that make slightly fancier drinks that I yes. wouldn't make at home. Yes, uh, but I I really struggle with wine at restaurants. Yeah. Right. It, like a, it's a, a smaller uh, yeah. it's a smaller amount of margin per unit, but it still feels so strange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, versus food at a restaurant, especially dessert. Dessert's very low margin at restaurants. We're a restaurant <laughs> podcast now, apparently. Be, uh, um, yeah. We're talking marketing yeah. perception. Consumer yeah. marketing, marketing perception. perception. Yeah, so that's something, you know, like they just raised the price on all their squires. Uh, a bunch of their squire guitars pretty recently Fender did. And I did see some backlash in the community that people are kind of aghast at paying for a squire what they used to pay for a made in Mexico Fender. Back in my day. Um, to that I say, I think I think squires are more comparable these days in quality to those Mexico Fenders. I'll say I've also seen some pretty bad examples of quality control from Fender recently that mm. has me really concerned. Um a friend got a custom shop guitar in the case that it came oh, in doesn't close. Nice. That sucks. Yeah, it's great. You know, Meredith Coloma's posted videos. And, you know, it's not just Fender. She has actually a lot of videos of, like, PRS wiring being wrong out of the shop. Uh, that's always kind of concerning. I have seen – I think – Maybe it's just that people are more likely to post like pictures and videos of like damaged yeah, custom I, shop or high end stuff. Yep. I've seen chunks of paint out of custom shop guitars on like TikTok and Instagram and stuff. Uh, for people I trust that it yeah. actually came that way. So it's just it's a bummer to see. And I, I, I don't know if they're trying to make up margins elsewhere by maybe going a little bit lighter on the QC or what the hell's happening. But you know, you know you can't both charge more for instruments and have like questionable no, quality. So I, I, inter- I haven't considered this before, but you know, in the corporate world and big tech and whatnot, there's this whole like great reshuffle or the great resignation has been the, the staffing trend for about last year and a half where everyone coming out of the other end of the pandemic is like, you know what? I actually hate my job and life's too short. I could have died. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. they quit, they go find another job. 
um, probably doing the exact same thing they were doing before, just for more money. Because right now, it, hey. you get paid more just to move jobs to do the exact Good same thing. Mm-hmm. Move out to move up. But that's in that industry. In the guitar industry, I wonder if we've had some of that happen. And it just, it, I, I don't know if I, if that makes sense or not, but has that been impacting, you know, turnover and uh, tribal knowledge and uh, some of the quality that gets impacted as a result? I'd be curious to he, poke around for some Possibly. HR uh, data on Possibly. that. I don't know. I, I know that Fender has been hiring, but I was also told that those were a lot of new jobs, not, new. not jobs, not, not jobs that are available mm. because of turnover. Um, you know, I think it's, and people talk about this in the service industry a lot. Yeah. People died. Yep. Like there was a resignation. Sure. People are finding other jobs. Um, but a lot of, a million Americans died and sure. A lot of them were older, but like, that's also, it's not just retired people. Like there were like we boomers famously Mm -hmm. work later in life. Um, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people died, and I think that we just kind of forget that when we talk about like, say shit like no one wants to work anymore. No, I'm having false. trouble hiring. Yeah. Well, if you look up, if you look up, no one wants to work anymore in like newspapers. You can find people yeah. saying that in I 1922. Mean, uh, no. So it's like a no lot new. of things. Not, that's not it's, new. Uh, overly no. reductive. It's out of touch. Hmm. <gasps> Yeah, speaking about being out of touch, um, that's another. That was, that was great, Joe. That's what I'm here for for that's those great. segue uh, little one-liners. Yeah. He, I mean, Andy talks a lot more about um, talk about supply chain stuff, about like the winding materials and pickups. You know, one day you have all the parts, and the next day you don't, and that's kind of yeah. big and true, but. Um, when asked why a younger generation of musicians still care about Fender when other companies have uh, struggled in recent years, uh, Andy Mooney says it comes down to design and being with the times. And he says, if you go back to punk, I think predominantly what contemporary guitarists want is something that's accessible, functional on stage, like doesn't go out of tune, which is a challenge with some of our competitors' <laughs> <Sorry>. models. <laughs> Color and marketing representation says that we acknowledge that you're a part of the base, not constantly looking in the rearview mirror, mirrors at players that were important in the 70s and 80s. You know, Fender Fender ha- does have a Nile Rodgers from Chic uh, guitar, uh, signature guitar, but they also have a lot of guitars from younger players like her. Yep. So he's really not pulling punches no. with that. He doesn't you name know names, who he's but talking you know. about. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's like the Slash need another I mean, signature guitar. some kind of like, you know, commercial where you're in an airport hangar, like, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. off about to do like, you know, some grandiose, you know. Okay, but to be fair, wasn't that for a plane top reissue? <laughs> it's so out of touch. It's so out I'm, of touch. I didn't even look. Sorry. Uh, you know, but I will say the reason Gibson keeps making – Gibson wouldn't keep making slash guitars if people buying them. Buying yep. them. So that's that's something to keep in mind. But Gibson also complains that people aren't buying guitars. The next uh, line he says, "I can tell having owned and played played in different bands as a working musician with some of our competitors' products are trying they're trying to access the upper re- 
Trying to access the upper register with an 11 pound guitar night after oh, night goodness. where you're struggling to keep it on tune while you're on stage. 11 pound guitars. I mean, telecasters <laughs> can be pretty yeah, heavy. I, I think that's a bit but, of an embellishment. Just, just a bit. Just a bit. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, like I do not like to carry heavy guitars around. I'm a little person. I'm small. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, I mean, I gravitate towards smaller guitars. I've turned down demoing certain guitars and products um, after asking, like, well, how heavy is this? And getting a weight back that was like, sorry, I just don't think my audience cares about heavy guitars. And I don't play them. And I don't want to demonstrate them. What's what's your uh, line there? I won't play. What point do you say, "Mm." It was at a NAM, and I picked up a guitar, and I just knew it was too heavy. It it felt very heavy, like Les Paul, if not a little bit. They're like, oh, it's about yeah. the same as Les Paul. I'm like, I wouldn't. No, I, yeah, I, I totally understand that. Again, going back to the topic of who's buying these guitars, uh, another example, at least that I came across, is I think Orianthe with like, oh, look, my new signature guitar is like $11,400 from PRS. And it's just like, who is buying your guitar? Who is buying that? Like. I mean, I'm sure great for you that you have a signature like that for yourself. But, I mean, you look at other guitarists and they're making models that are both 700 and 3000. That's both Nita Strauss and also St. Vincent, whereas you have a huge gap of margin with uh, Orianti having a really basic red guitar that's like $700, which really to me doesn't reflect her. It looks like they slapped her name on it. And then you see this 11,400 guitar, which is more or less, you know, an Orianti like guitar. But who's buying that like margins wise? And where are your players that are buying that that's like the same thing as gibson like these are our people like there's only so many Mm. musicians and people in the world that are lucky to get to that kind of point where you're like yeah i could just on a whim buy that kind of guitar most of us now cannot you know unless you put that on a plan and starve for quite a bit we're not going to be affording that so how are you selling guitars like that you know people need to stop getting those Freaking credit cards with a 29.99% APR after the first six months because those are absolute traps. Uh, Yeah, they are. And if if you do have like a payment plan, like an interest-free payment plan, if you don't pay everything off by the end of that payment plan, then then, then you get charged all the interest. So it's just like reading things. But, you know, I think I – so – Eleven thousand yeah. dollars. I think that's inaccessible to anyone other than professional musicians or Collectors. people who are extremely wealthy. Um, you have guitars that are definitely like workhorses yeah. in the seven hundred to the, the her signature Strat is thirteen hundred dollars, and uh, there are other signature models that they have that are less expensive. I'm pretty sure Squire has had signature models as well. I think a $3,000 guitar is kind of toward the limit of what someone who professionally plays would need. But it's not uncommon for musicians to have like that one guitar. I I don't I think a lot of people have a fuck ton of guitars like I I do. I would not mind reducing (laughs) the number of guitars I have. I'm just very, um, you know, sentimental primarily. And I. So and I fear getting rid of, of something I'll never be able to get again. Um, but I, I think that like if you really want a really nice guitar, I think three thousand yeah. dollars is about the max you should truly ever consider 
paying in in that range and that's like the music man range it's the fender yeah i think, I like think the fender, fender custom uh, shop 2700 i think was and, the fender custom syrup i'm i think it's somewhere around there or maybe it was 1800 yeah. maybe it was i'm trying to remember because yeah. i know that at least the jazz master that i have used to be 1500 and that was one of the other ones that went up about 200 dollars. so i think it's like set Mm-hmm. That was the player series, uh, so yeah, so it would be more, a little bit more than that. So I don't know um, if I entirely agree with that number, but I, I agree with the yeah. sentiment. Uh, I, I think one of the interesting things that it comes to mind, like thinking about the the no punches pulled comments from Andy Mooney, which like savage, you go girl. <laughs> but um, yeah, it I do think it's it's strange in the back of my head. Like I, I Squire and Fender just seem like a very natural like. It is all the same brand. It's just different levels. Yeah. It's just like Sterling and Music Band. Like I feel the same way. Epiphone and Gibson just feel yes. so different yes, to they me. Are. Mm-hmm. And I have been saying this for a while and I stand by this. I think for Gibson to compete long term, Epiphone is that key. They they need to do better no, with Epiphone. They I agree. To, you know, marketing, getting it getting it into the hands of people. I know quality they, control. I, uh the Emily Wolf is an Epiphone. Fender really works. Right? Yeah, Fender really worked to make and Squire yeah. cool. Gibson needs to do the same thing. Like accessibility, I think it's kind yeah. of been, you know, that's all Squire ever was. But making it cool yes. so that someone who, like me, ha- proudly plays Squires yep. on stage and shit, that's... Yeah. Uh, no. That's why. That's I go to a show and I see someone playing a Squire, I'm like... Cool, that looks great. I actually kind of want that. I see someone playing an Epiphone, like, oh yeah, that's the that's the starter guitar you got when you were ten. Unless it's like a Wilshire or Cornet or Crestwood or something that I I think that's kind of almost the key is having cool guitars that are specific specific to that line and keeping them in stock. And that's a been a big problem. What are you with trying Gibson. to say, Andrew? My my Epiphone is starter. <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> I think they're exceptional. I see someone up there with like an Epiphone SG in the back of my head. That's kind of like the connotation no, that comes course. with it. I had an Epiphone SG for a while and I loved that guitar and I no. actually kind of regret yeah, getting Yeah, well, I mean, at least for me um, uh, recently, it's but, just getting my first Epiphone because no way I'm going to be getting a Gibson. Uh, but yeah, like at least for sure. me in my Epiphone even – um, with just even putting the strap locks in, I was already finding like QC issues that I would not find at all with my fender. Like at least with the drill holes, uh, right at the top with strap ago, they had two of them right next to each other. So screwing in that, that strap lock, I'm gritting my teeth, hoping that the other hole doesn't expand. And I'm just like, who? Oh, they couldn't, yes. they couldn't have fucking filled the wrong hole. <laughs> so yeah, quality control. Yeah. Little yep. wood, little wood glue and startup and sawdust. That's <laughs> heck. Even a toothpick does a really good job. Yeah. So I was just like, uh. yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I, I think it's like it's the factory. I'm sure they have just mountains of dowels that are the, no, the correct size for that. Wood glue on the dowel, yeah, stick it but in I'm the sure, hole. Of course, easy peasy. Easy peasy, yeah, squeezy. Of course, lumber. with everything no. being behind on, you know, building and stuff like that, everyone's a little bit more in a rush to meet demand. I mean, even when I was looking into it, uh, the same topic, I was seeing conversations of not only the components themselves, but also the shipping containers. Um, we have a lot of stuff that's waiting dockside 
and just sitting there. Um, I mean, I think the shipping containers, they said, used to cost to rent $2,100. Now they're costing $14,000. And with them... Okay, Laura. Oh, that's lower than what I heard. I heard it was. All right, so there, there's the margin. The margin, fourteen to like twenty something. But one of the things is, with them sitting there, um, I it made me wonder when I was hearing some of the Roland Yamaha things with some of the synthesizers where they got orders and then, of course, they couldn't really deliver. Maybe that was part of the, you know. Uh, them sitting at the docks or not having components and having to wait. Like even with my Fender Jazzmaster, like during 2021, and of course we're in 2022, I had to wait months in order to receive my guitar because of, of course, you know, um, component or parts or kind of back order stuff. So everything has a wait, you know, wait time. And it's not just the parts themselves. It's also the shipping containers. It's also before the pandemic, we had people, people that were in tandem with each other. And then the pandemic happened and everybody is out of sync. So everyone is playing catch up. More people got guitars during the pandemic. More demand means everybody is basically either breakneck speed, short staffed, or things that costed a certain price before is now astronomical and it's like whack-a-mole you're finding your source to basically make your part and then next month you're scrambling to find another source to make yeah so it's constantly another one builders not only of pedals but also guitars it's kitchen it's everywhere everywhere yeah so everyone is trying everything it's the reason we paid yeah it's the reason we paid for AC still waiting. September yeah. of last year, if not earlier, and we're not getting installed until this week. We finally figured yeah, it out. It's good yeah, it took really good timing to get us stuff. It is. It's. It's not good enough, oh, Andrew. It's not good enough. It's about to. Oh. It's about to get eight in the eighties in Seattle. I think it was like sixty-eight last week. It's sixty-three right now. Um, yeah. Ten-day so forecast. It's I've going got to be like ninety degrees. Uh, Tuesday is ninety-four Ooh. degrees. No, we're not equipped for it. Yeah, tomorrow's 87, then 94, 93, 92, 92, and then we're back down to 86, 83, 78. So we've got a, back a week down. over 80 with a few days over 90. It must – I'm a little bit closer yeah, to the water. My, my yeah, it'll be cooler if you water. a little bit different. Well, you're close to a lake, I'm Sam. I'm closer to the yep, ocean. Yeah, you'll get some of that – the sound. Oh, the you'll sound. get the breeze from the sound. That uh, that doesn't really reach over yeah. the over the hill. No, no. So I'm feeling for you, bud. Uh, Wednesday. Oh god, it's gonna be. It's still gonna be close to ninety on mm. the day yeah. this podcast comes out. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I the pro. Another, there was the other problem with the uh, shipping containers. Yeah. Even when they would mm-hmm. get here, they would just sit. Nope. Because there's nobody to unload them, and then I think Biden started fining. Yeah them for sitting and they started getting unloaded a little bit faster but i remember in seattle like i drive past shipping containers all day and i used to work in an office that Mm -hmm. overlooked um shipping containers there were more there were more than there used to be uh for sure a lot more um and there's still just a ton yeah it's a big problem just sitting and 
you know, you, you, you before, wait. Yeah. And this this was a problem at times before the pandemic. Like shipping containers could get um, unpredictable. I wrote article. Actually, it must have been during the pandemic. I wrote an article for Fretboard Journal and I wrote it and had it delivered early 2020, like June, January 1st, 2020. And it was supposed to come out like within the next issue. Oh, that issue Jesus. didn't come out until late summer wow. because shipping containers. So, um, yeah, lots of lots of issues that brands are dealing with that are uh, often resulting in higher prices for consumers. Unfortunately. And, totally. Yeah. Well, and it, then yeah. The, yeah. I think the other interesting thing that, you know, supply chain managers are probably struggling with is, you know, you see it, it you're trying to find a part and you find someone that's selling it, but it's like the cost is insane. So, like, do you just jump on it? Or do you go back and ask for permission from management and get the the PO approved and then come back and hope that yeah. it's still there? Mm. And yeah, is that if, if if you see it, are we in if you see it buy it territory and uh, deal with the margins later? What does um, that look like? I mean, the only thing I've seen that people know. have said is um, just to offset the situation of shortages whenever things are available. They'll, they're bulk buying to try to make sure that they don't have that shortage, whether it's paying more or whatever. They're yep. just like, no, I want to be covered for six months. So their bulk buying is what's also messing up other people because then when they have to buy, someone's bulk buying. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. Yes. That is where I'm Especially hearing it from. Especially smaller builders. Brutal. Yes. Yeah. That's where Who I'm hearing it from mostly. Buy. I know some small builders. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hitting them hard. Makes me wonder yeah, if there's that, if that makes room for uh, uh, some sort of a distribution uh, entity here stateside to just source all of it, bring it in, and then part it part mm. it out. I think that some builders are kind of doing that on their own. I have heard builders like they'll talk to their quote competitors yes. who are in actual <laughs> yeah, yeah. friends. Like, hey, do you have do you have extra of this? Can I yep. have some? And just kind of working yeah. with each other and just being a community, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, I mean, we get by. Yeah. I do I too. Hope, I, I love that about our community, but, you know, I would prefer people not have to. Yeah. Whack-a-mole. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually the word, the exact word Andy yeah. made me and use. It's, yeah, it's, it's like basically trying to, at this point, look out for each other, which I think is the more positive aspect, or look out for yourself, which some people do too. Um, I think as a, as a community, I think we're better yep, sure um, supporting each other and trying to help us thrive and survive versus coveting and being the only ones to do things. No, no, no. Yes, it's not the American not, way. It's not every industry. <laughs> no. <laughs> it should be. I know. No, it should be. I mean, I think that, you know, that's mm. rugged individualism not, was not intended as a compliment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, Amer that's an American saying, rugged individualism. Mm. That's basically our motto as Americans. If you um, want to go fast, go alone. Yeah. If you want to go far, go together. Just full of <laughs> awful yeah, quotes. Yeah, that's today. inspirational awesome. quotes. <laughs> is that? Yeah, it's like I wanted to be like, is that from Star Wars? I, I, I know it's not. I think it's. I'm going to look it up now. I feel like that's an actual quote from someone important that I just insulted. I think it's a. Pr 
I thought it was a proverb or something. If you want to go African proverb. I know there's, it's there's an African a, on, proverb. There's a firefly quote. Hold on. It's an African proverb though. It's probably in Firefly. Oh, it Firefly's is. It's great. one of my. It's one of my favorite uh, eh. ones that I like. Hold on, what is it? Oh, there's where is it? Hold on. Uh, where is it? Uh, wow. When you can't run, you crawl, and when you can't do that, you find someone to carry you. And I was like, okay, that's that sounds similar. That's like kind of sweet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's kind of nice. Kind of nice. Kind of nice. Um, neat. Well, I think that's probably a good place to to end it. Um, again, Patreon, subscribe, like, comment, review, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Affiliate links. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. What's that, Miss Harris? So... Uh, yeah, so to everybody out there, um, thanks yeah, for thanks watching. Thanks for listening.